Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber, and you can read his work at allchgo.com. His latest piece up at allchgo.com about Eric Fetty, who I'll probably bring up. I mean, it's the only thing. Just for the rest of the year, I would imagine. Maybe the next two. Maybe the next two. Uh, I I feel like I'll I'll probably, this might be like Andrew Benatendi, but good. Ah. You know, I I might, I might have a guy. Until he does something to, to earn your ire. I mean, not many players have my ire. (laughs) Just one has extreme ire. He can't lose it, apparently. No. Uh, I mean, if he cracks out like 25 homers, uh, I'll shut my damn mouth. Is that what but, it's uh, going to take? 25 homers? If he hits, if, if he, if Andrew Benatendi hits 10 home runs, I will shut my mouth. The other Andrew In any did, season. The other Andrew didn't even get to 25 this past year, did he? In 20-something. I thought he had 30 doubles and 25 homers. Did he get to 25? No, 21. 21. Uh, yeah, 30, 30 doubles, two doubles triples and 21 homers for Andrew Vaughn. All right, uh, that's not what we're talking about. So you're saying that Benintendi would have to lead the Andrews, lead the White Sox Andrews in home runs for you to stop being mad at him? No, 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 because Andrew Vaughn's about to pop out 40. Wow. He's about to become Paul Konerko. No, if if he hits, Herb tried to bet me $100 that Andrew Benintendi would hit 10 home runs. In 2023, if yeah. he hits 10 home runs, why did he try to bet you? Did you? Make, did oh, I, I took his money. Yeah, so he did bet. You yeah, he did, and bet. he lost. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if uh, if Ben Attendee hits 10 in what he's got four more years, three more years. Yes. Four. Yeah. If it, it, he's got four years to hit 10 homers, and if he does at any point, I will shut up. Uh, anyways, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Usually we got Herb in the middle, but he is uh, still sick, still recovering. Uh, so he will be back next Monday. Uh, and we're excited to do have him back. Uh, we are being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. I don't know why my voice just cracked there. Um, hit, hit the thumbs up button. Puberty. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's still coming at me at, at 26. Uh, but hit the thumbs up button if you are watching. Uh, we're going to be talking about Pedro Grafal's comment from the winter meetings uh, that we, I guess, haven't dived deeply into uh, on the show. Uh, we'll play that about two-minute clip for you and talk about how the Sox will become, uh, will play harder better, faster, and stronger. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got that that reference correct. Uh, and then we'll also talk a little bit about what uh, the Royals are up to, because they just keep signing They're people. up to a lot of stuff. Um, and something, too, I, I, I've seen this in our Discord. Um, the Royals have signed the most players. They've signed six free agents already. Um, and then the White Sox and a couple other teams are at three. So I, I saw someone, at least in our Discord, kind of bemoaning that, that you know Getz isn't doing enough yet. It's kind of a slow-moving market because the White Sox have been fairly active, at least number-wise. I mean, they've signed the second-most players. The White Sox have signed three. Yeah. Fetty, DeYoung, who am I missing? Who are the three? Who's the third? I don't know. I mean, I think it's two, right? I thought I saw three. Well, hold on. I don't know. Let me, let me go look it up. Uh, the Royals have signed six? Really? I guess. Uh, I, I'll have to go to the free agent matrix uh, to, to find out. Well, plug in. Um, 
You know Kung Fu. I, I, I do. Hey, Mr. An- Mr. Anderson. Oh, I, yeah, I know. I just read it wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, long way to go this offseason. This is from Cespedes Family Barbecue. Uh, number of MLB free agents signed. Royals, six. No team has signed five. No team has signed four. Detroit, L.A., uh, Angels, Mets, Cincy, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Dodgers have signed three. Uh, White Sox, Texas Rangers, and the Nats have signed two. So, uh, you know, I, I guess there is uh, it's, uh, some work to do there. So I guess maybe you could bemoan Chris Getz. He's not doing enough. He's made a couple trades. That's true. That counts. Yeah, I guess that does count. Uh, and yes, Bradley, uh, you know, just about a minute in and I'm already talking uh, Andrew Benatendi. It's Friday, so, you know, why not get liquored up? Uh, take a shot every time I mention him. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. Take a shot at 312. It, it, yeah, there you go. To just shotgun a couple beers. I mean, Herb can do that in a minute. Uh, it's not five o'clock somewhere. It's it's the bottom of the hour. It would be 4.30. It's 5.30 somewhere. You could say that. I guess. I mean, it's still <laughs> a 5 o'clock hour, you know? I mean, what are you, a somewhere. cop? Uh, yeah. all right. time, I'm a time cop. <laughs> You're a time cop. Uh, <laughs> Herb, Herb is a, a stickler for uh, for words and what's it called? Uh, you know, he, 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 He's very uh, mad when people say the wrong resigned, right? It's not, sure. It's, it's re-signed, sure. not resigned. Yeah. Uh, what's that, that called? Hyphen. Grammar police? Kind of grammar, yeah. police. Uh, yeah, I can't think of the word. Uh, anyways, let's jump into Pedro Griffal. Um, Pedro, at the winter meetings, as Vinny typed up in the 10 things, uh, kind of about the winter meetings uh, article that you had, uh, the 10 things that, that stuck out to Vinny from the winter meetings that is up at All CHGO. Uh, one Just of a them- week old that story so just, it's it's fine you it's can go st- for it it's still relevant yeah right yeah. i mean nothing's changed no one's they got max stassi that changed okay well yeah. actually it's completely outdated and no uh, just the, the one just the on one part just Gre- the one part gregory santos's health yeah and their no, those interest still in apply just go check it out brian shaw yeah uh yeah i mean it's it's at least five o'clock somewhere in in, in india as connor smith's pointing out mm. um but Pedro Grafal, uh, let's just play the comment, and then we'll talk about how the White Sox will be better, faster, and stronger uh, in 2024. Here's our friend Pedro. You know what? One of the things I learned last year is that um, we played a game that doesn't win in the big leagues. Um, we need to play faster. We need to be more athletic. we got to catch the baseball. Um, and we gotta, we got to do things a little better fundamentally. And when we talk about getting more rounded that's what it's about you know the uh, being able to bring in Nicky Lopez and Paul DeYoung you know what those guys can do defensively um, and obviously we're not done Um, you know it's just it's the the type of game that wins games at the major league level you know you got to play fundamental baseball to be able to you know to compete at that level and that's what we're trying to um, we're going to be playing different because we're playing faster games. So obviously, I'll be managing a different, you know, you know, different, different style of game, an aggressive game. Um, but I've I've said it to, to I've said this to you guys plenty of times. I, I'm ever evolving. I, I don't I don't I'm not going to just sit around and not really look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, I need to get better at this and that. And you know, I, I'm not doing that. So I, I've I've reflected a ton. Um, there's there's things that I I feel I could have done better, and, and I will be better. Um, there's things that I feel our staff could have done better, and we will be better. Um, and definitely, there's things that our team could have done better, and we will be better. Um, you know, so I'm excited for spring training. Um, I'm looking forward to the team that you know that that joins us in, in Camelback, and you know you'll see you'll see the difference. So, Pedro, 
at, at that end there. I mean, just trying to hammer home. I don't know whether it be just to kind of put as good of vibes out there as possible. Uh, you know, I, 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 we will be better. We have to be better. Uh, you're going to see a difference. I don't know. I, I feel like we kind of heard that when he was introduced in November of 2022. We heard about him seeing the lack of effort and the lack of uh, focus on the White Sox uh, dugout when the Royals and, and Sox were playing each other uh, throughout that 2022 season. And then they're basically the same team in 2023. Like, we really didn't see a difference. Like, we, the defense was exactly the same. Negative 17 in 2022, negative 17 in 2023. They were worse in 2023. They lost 100 games, not 80. Like, I... I don't know how they are actually going to improve because it does seem like mostly the same bones of this roster. Well, I think what he told you was, you know, half of it, obviously, Chris Getz has to provide the other half, but the idea that this team is going to attempt to play in a different style and to play a totally different game. Obviously, all you guys watched last year, it didn't work. And there's a reason that Pedro opened that up by saying, we played a style that doesn't win in the major leagues. Yeah, it didn't. You see, you, you saw it. They lost 101 games. Um, so they are undergoing a transformation here. And I think that they have added players who, while, you know, in the more obvious way of thinking about things, might not make them all that much better. You know, you're replacing Tim Anderson, who won a batting title with Paul DeYoung, who... Hasn't been very good offensively in recent years. You know, you're replacing uh, certain guys with uh, guys like Nicky Lopez, Max Sassy, who, who the offensive numbers don't jump out at all. But they are improving incrementally in the areas that they need to in order to play that style that they're talking about. Paul DeYoung, Nicky Lopez, Max Stassi, those guys are going to help them play the style better than Tim Anderson, Elvis Andrews, and Yasmani Grandal would have. We'll put it that way. That being said, there's a, of course there's a reason to be concerned. You got to hit. You got to score runs to win. And not only that, will the guys who are being brought back from last year's team, Yoan Moncada, Aloy Jimenez, you worry a little less about Luis Robert Jr. because just because of the production that he put up, but Andrew Vaughn is a great example there. Mm -hmm. Even Andrew Benintendi, though, to a lesser degree because this kind of fits him a little bit more. Are those guys going to be able to play that style? Are they going to be able to, you know, you're not going to point at Aloy Jimenez and say, all right, start ripping around the bases, kid. I mean, you know that that's a way, this is a guy who has, has injury problems. You don't want an, an injury history on the base paths. He's not going to all of a sudden become a speed demon out there who is, you know, trying to take, uh, you know, turn every single hit, hit to the outfield just right in front of the center fielder into a hustle double. Um, that's Teoscar Hernandez's job. Maybe. Have you seen that? No. Have you seen that video of him? I, I shared it today. Um, he, I got, think got thrown out trying to stretch a single into a double at least 10 to 11 times just last year. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's a guy thinking he's a lot faster than he is. Well, not only that, <laughs> that's what Oscar Kolas tried to do yes. a few times. And that's what got him. Uh, just one of the reasons he, he was, he was, uh, persona non grata in the uh, on the on the big league roster um, multiple times throughout the season but I think what I'm trying to say is you say you can't see them being much better much much better than they are or they were last year what's going to change from last year the style of play is going to change and they're going to get players who fit that style of play is that going to be a style of play that wins in the majors? Yeah, maybe if you have a really good roster in order to do it, but it starts with at least having players who fit that style, not trying to put round pegs in square holes. And 
a, a part something that Pedro said during that same press conference that you just ex, excerpt. Oh boy, that you just brought that clip out of right there was. We're just going to move on from me not being able that to I say clipped. that word. Um, is that he he brought up the Diamondbacks and he brought up a team that he watched at the end of the end of the year and then obviously made it all the way to the World Series really running and grinding and and taking advantage of rules playing in a style that we saw two years ago from the Cleveland from a Cleveland Guardians team that that won the AL Central I'm not saying the White Sox are trying to carbon copy themselves into the Diamondbacks the Diamondbacks have really good players on their roster that's why they're able to have success but you're seeing a style of play that the White Sox might want to try to move more toward. And I think uh, Pedro even said in the, in the same breath as bringing up the Diamondbacks that watching those Diamondbacks teams reminded him of some of the Royals teams he had in the past when they went to the World Series. Again, it's trying to capture the lightning in a bottle of not just playing the, the game a certain way, but then obviously having success doing it. The Royals didn't just keep playing like that and win four World Series in a row. The Diamondbacks for all their success in October were what Do- more than a dozen, if not almost 20 games out of first place at the end of the year. So, you know, it, it, it obviously goes hand in hand with a lot of different things, but the White Sox, as we keep talking about, as we keep maybe realizing, as we talk about the, the moves they keep making to, to try to improve started at a pretty low place. And, and certainly when it comes to depth and, and what was going on in the organization, maybe what the starting rotation looked like, the cupboard was pretty bare, and so everything Chris gets is is trying to do is maybe a baby step, you know, moving moving away from nothing towards something. As I said earlier to you when we were talking about this before the show started, you got to walk before you can run. You got to crawl before you can walk. Maybe they, they're just at the crawling stage right now. It feels, though, like the Diamondbacks played that way because they had players in place that were fast and already aggressive. Like right. Corbin Carroll obviously brought that, that like the White Sox just don't have that. Like, well, I understand that's gets his job, but like, do you think that puts more pressure on him to trade players like Mankata and Aloy? Cause those two players seem to stick out a little bit more than the others. Right. And I think as I mentioned, you know, that's the big question is can the White Sox play this style with everybody in their lineup with everybody on their roster? Maybe not. Maybe they just can't and they have to wait till these guys are off the team in order to have a full lineup and a full roster of guys that will play that style. But maybe Nicky Lopez does play that style. And so now you can at least count one there. Maybe Max Stassi and Paul DeYoung do play that style that they want them to play. And you can count two more there. Certainly you would think Andrew Benintendi would fit that with how much Pedro Grafol raved about him, um, you know, preseason, in-season, postseason. Uh, and and Luis Robert Jr. is Luis Robert Jr. He's obviously not just fast, but he can do so many things that even if he isn't, you know, taking advantage of every base running rule he's at least hitting the ball out of the yard and 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 being productive so I think that when you when you look toward the some of the holes that they still need to fill right field maybe at second base depending on what they find that's the kind of player you're going to look to them adding Uh, I don't think they're just going to put a bunch of dudes together and say all right now go play that style they need to go find guys that can fit what they want to be we keep hearing identity right we keep hearing them talk about identity um you read something the other day I'm struggling to remember now what it was but oh maybe it was in Daryl's it was it was it was in Daryl's piece about Tony La Russa and Tony La Russa 
had this quote in which he said, "You want guys to get drafted into the White Sox and and know what they have to, you know, what know what they have to do to to be White Sox." Um, that certainly seems to be the message that's coming from the front office is identity. Uh, there needs to be something in this organization that didn't exist there before, and I think that goes hand in hand with this style of play that Pedro was talking about. Yeah, I think he in even some point. Uh, uh, he he was asked Pedro in, in that uh, winter meetings. Uh, he said, "You know, we're on the the hunt for those type of players that can play fast. That's what we're looking for. Spent a lot of time on makeup and how players fit into the system, and that's what we're implementing right now. There are some players in the minors that definitely fit into this, and there's other ones that we think we can develop to fit into this. Um, and uh, he he talked about culture and uh, you know being on that hunt for that style. So again, hopefully that they're able to create that that identity." Um, it does seem like Pedro Grafal is going to have a pretty long runway. Um, Bruce Levine described it on the score recently that the White Sox may lose a lot of games, but they'll lose them the right way if that is a thing. Um, I don't know if it's the right thing, but they won't likely lose 100 games again. And I think that will be a way for Pedro. And obviously, Chris Getz is a, a backer of Pedro Grafal. But if they don't lose 100 games again, I think that's an easy way for uh, Pedro Grafal to say, hey, see, we're, we're improving. We're, we, we're, we're turning the corner on that identity. We're going to take this momentum into 2025, right? Like, it does seem like Pedro, if he is talking about culture and building up this identity, that he's going to be here for a bit. Well, I mean, I'll just say this. If you're talking about building a culture and, and getting guys to buy in and stuff and you want a White Sox example of that, the guy that you got to look to is Ricky Renneria, right? He's the guy that was able to do that in the darkest days of that rebuilding effort. And that's why when Tony La Russa was hired, the thing that he did, which I think a lot of people, which was against what a lot of people thought was going to happen, and the players all back that all back this up, was he didn't come in and say, all right, forget all of that. We're doing things my way now because I'm the guy with the World Series rings and you can just forget everything. He tried to fit into what had already existed and I think that's probably a testament to what Ricky was able to do in the, the many years, the long runway, if you want to call it that, that he had. Part of the reason, not part of the reason that he said in his introductory press conference was why Pedro Grafol was staying, Chris Getz, who I'm talking about here, mm -hmm. said it was about continuity. It was about not wanting to create yet another managerial change for a group of players who have been through so many of this. If they're going to try to win with Yoan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn, they got to provide a little bit of stability here. And so I, I think in that regard, that's a great point because we, it was what? Four managers, in, in four, four managers in four years, if you count Miguel Cairo, right? So, I mean, for those guys, that is important. But... To your point, which I'm now kind of forgetting. Oh, yes, Pedro Grafol. Just have a runway. He yeah. probably will because, yeah, what you said, I don't think he's going to be happy if all he can say is like, well, at least we, we only lost 85 games this year. I mean, judging by the way that he felt about losing last year, he's not going to be happy with that. But to what Bruce was saying on the radio, at least Pedro doesn't have to stand, go up there and say, our offense is still broken. We got guys still chasing pitches all over the place. The guys are playing terrible defense. There's mistakes on the base pass, mistakes in, on the field. If he doesn't have to do that, then they will have succeeded in one small area of moving the ball in the direction that they want it to go. That being said, I mean, no, nobody's going to be happy at, at, in that building, and nobody should be happy sitting in the stands if they've got to watch another team that goes through, that goes in and loses 90 games or something like that.
I've brought this up before that uh, 2021 Arizona team that lost 100 games had a negative 13 outs above average, uh, and then they were f- they flipped it f- in 2022 to 44, and then in 2023 it was at 32. So if Pedro Grafal is able to uh, sh- have a team that even if they do lose 85 games, but they have uh, a defense that's able to have at least you know 17 runs prevented or whatever, uh, you know outs above average, like if they are able to actually kind of deliver on Chris Getz's promise of improving the defense I think that's a lot more important than playing faster and more aggressive because I think right now they really again as as we're trying to you know show at least with Mankata Jimenez Vaughn they don't really and even Stassi you brought up Stassi he's slow he's faster than Yasmata Grandal but um like I still just don't think they have enough there well, I, I I brought this up. So we talked to Pedro, I think, during the winter meetings. That was Monday afternoon. And then Monday evening, we talked to Chris for the first time. And I, I brought that up. I said, hey, Pedro says you guys want to, you know, play fast, play aggressive. Does that kind of inform the, the decisions you're going to be making on players over the course of the offseason? And he made sure to point out that fast doesn't necessarily mean sprint speed. Doesn't yes. necessarily mean, you know... Uh, it's going to be a team full of Billy Hamiltons or anything like that. The idea being that this is just the style of play, and I think the the better word to describe it than fast or aggressive, fundamental. And I think that's where the difference lies between the team that Rick Hahn built and the team that Chris Hahn or the Chris Hahn that Chris gets envisions is that Rick Hahn put together a team that was supposed to hit a lot of home runs. And there were going to be guys in that in that lineup who weren't fast. You brought up Yasmani Grandal. We brought up Aloy Jimenez. We've brought up Andrew Vaughn. And there were going to be guys in that uh, lineup who didn't play good defense. There were going to be guys in that lineup who didn't run the bases as uh, smartly or wisely as perhaps some other players or some other teams. But boy, that ball was going to go over the fence so much that it wasn't going to matter. And when the ball didn't go over the fence the last two years, boy, did it matter all of a sudden. So I think Chris Getz wants to avoid that. And he wants to build a team that is built on fundamental play, built on smart base running, built on being able to play defense. I mean, when you got your manager uh, sitting up at the winter meeting saying, we have to catch the ball. And I, and I mean, and I've got people on Twitter, you know, commenting or people in the comments here saying, you know, making fun of it. Like, oh, wow, that's a slogan for a team. We just have to catch the ball. But you watched that team the last two years. You know that they need to be able to do that before they can start doing other things. So I think that Chris Getz is envisioning a fundamental style of play. And with that probably comes the desire to be able to capitalize with good base running and base stealing, uh, being fast enough to close a gap in the outfield and make a catch being fast enough to get to a ball in the hole that that some of these guys couldn't get to the last couple of years and then once you have that you can be aggressive with sending guys and and playing a style because here I'll go back to Luis Robert Jr. I don't think Luis Robert Jr. had the greatest I mean he just didn't have the greatest base stealing season in the world we saw what guys like Acuna and Bobby Witt were able to do um, in racking up gigantic stolen base totals but Luis Robert Jr. has that ability And so when he would go to second, he would go to third a lot of the time. And he has the ability to allow the White Sox to be aggressive if they wanted to. Now, obviously, he has also got a history of getting injured when trying to steal bases. So they maybe throttled that back a little bit last year. But they want players who have that ability where they can say, well, we know he's going to make it there. We know he's going to make it there. Let's let's ratchet this up. Let's turn the heat up on this defense and let's get there. They didn't have a lot of guys that can do that could do that the last two years. I think down the line they want to have a team of guys that can do that because when you do, 
you have the NL champion Diamondbacks. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Um, it, you know, too, if, if they are preaching fundamental baseball, uh, you'd assume that would, you know, try to fix the swing and miss, and that would probably try to go to a little bit more contact focused. Um, so if you are, you know, getting a single, be very important to steal second, get in runners uh, in scoring position, and then a single could drive them home. Uh, the one thing, though, that is kind of still puzzling to me is the Tim Anderson thing. So let's take a break. We'll jump into it. Um, and then we'll quickly talk about the young and, and Tim Anderson. Maybe you can make a, uh, clear this up in my mind. Uh, I do want to let people know though about circus sports book, a big weekend in the NFL. You got games on Saturday. You got games on Sunday. The bears are taking on the Browns. Uh, they are, I think three and a half point underdogs against Cleveland. Joe Fal- uh, Flacco's the starter. He Joe was- Flacco is still playing. I'm so glad you responded that way. Joe Flacco is still playing. That was playing. a name I recognize. <laughs> Joe Flacco like was a, a just decrepit backup for like two years and then did not have a team to start this year, sat on his couch, and then came back. The Browns have won with four different quarterbacks. The hmm. second second most in NFL history uh, hmm. to, to get wins with four different quarterbacks. I, I, I've been waiting for somebody to tell this stat to if you look at the CBS graphic that shows like all of the teams that have won with, you know, X amount of quarterbacks, like, you know, they've won with five different quarterbacks. Like that's the record with the 1988 New England Patriots. You see the 2023 Browns. They've won with four. The two teams that are under them are the Patriots from 87 and 89. So the so 80, three years in a row, three years in a row. The New England Patriots. Just revolving door. Revolving door. <laughs> one with four quarterbacks, four quarterbacks, and five quarterbacks. That's wild. I don't know if those are like the same quarterbacks. Like they just had like five quarterbacks on the roster and they were just like throwing them out there as they got injured. I think one of those was the scab year, maybe. Um, okay. Well, and I, like, what I was going to say is that then that would, 80, the 87 season would have been two years after the Patriots went to the Super Bowl. Yes, because they played the Bears in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, So yeah, who and who is the guy? I don't think you know that. Who's the guy that they drafted in '83? I don't know. The guy who who the guy who Who was the quarterback for the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Patriots Mm -hmm. against the Bears. Wasn't it Tony Eason who went to U of I? Yeah, Tony Eason. There you go. Um, You didn't know it. Um, And yeah, '87 was the uh, the strike year, so maybe that had to to do with it. But I don't know what the hell was going on in New England uh, (laughs) from '87 to '89. Uh, But yeah, the Browns are just trotting Joe Flacco out there. I like the Bears. Uh, five and four in their last nine, uh, and Circa is usually offering the best line for you to bet the Bears or any NFL game or any type of game. They're the world's largest sports book. They have tight money line splits. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. And Circa has excellent customer service, the best in the business. There are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat bots. They are trying to take care of you, the sports better. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois app. That's circusportscom slash Illinois app. Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. If you or some you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB833. Uh, 234 or visit are you really winning.com and Vinny it's time to step into comment theater because it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles that's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet for the well-being for all of us who share it Sean you're exactly right the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. You 
uh, you, the business owner, and I'm not a business owner. So what should business owners do? That's a great question, Sean. Thankfully, I have the answer. Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. That's my cue to point. That that you is my cue to point. Um, comed.com slash clean. Yeah, that's what I said. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. You didn't ask the question. I, you know, I, 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 I knew, I knew your retort. You made a, was, you you made a, about a statement. Comed slash clean. I did, Sarah. And she's go. got headphones in. That's she why does. she heard that that's crystal, how you know, crystal clear. I've, been, I've heard that ad many, many times. Many, many times. <laughs> hey, they just want to hammer it home. It's it's good for the planet. All right. Uh, so Tim Anderson. Yes. I haven't heard a ton former of former White Sox. Yeah, we haven't heard really much about him at all that, this offseason. That have we? one rumor that he uh, might have gone to the Angels, but and then, but I mean, hey, nothing really is happening. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's that's really just. I just baseball. I think he would be at the top of the list for shortstops, right? He is right. Like if yeah. you need a shortstop, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And you, so I, I don't I don't know right. I don't know. I don't know. I would, but you're I would right. It's not him. like every, anybody else is really flying off. Anything else is really flying off the shelf. Oh no, actually. Uh, well, first off, uh, one of these uh, shortstops that are listed is Leary Garcia. So shout out. He's been signed. Love him. Yes. Yeah. By the Atlanta Braves. Minor, I, minor league deal. I got to become a Braves fan. Um, the uh, player that pops up first for shortstops, free agent shortstops uh, on Fangraphs roster resource, the free agent tracker is a Chicago White Sox. Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Wow. <laughs> so technically, he is the most valuable uh, shortstop currently available. Um, so Garrett Hampson would have been labeled second. He is signed with the Royals because they're signing everybody. Um, Brandon Crawford is the th- third most valuable. Gio Urshela is the fourth mo- most valuable. Paul DeYoung already signed. Uh, and then Rosario and Kinder Falefa are the only ones that had positive war seasons in 2023. Um, I, yeah, I think we would all agree that Tim Anderson uh, is the best on the market. Um, but it's, I guess it's about just getting a certain number. They're projecting $8 million for a year for him. Um, You'd think a prove-it deal would be the way to go for Tim Anderson because... You just wait. You, if you think you can beat Tim Anderson again, then you get another crack at this a year from now, and you're looking at a multi-year contract, right? Uh, Irv saying resign Tim Anderson. I mean, is there any chance? I mean, obviously they, they said that the door's open. Um, I mean, I, I think they would probably just slide DeYoung back to shortstop. It would be back weird. To second. To, yeah, back to second. Yeah, right. Because uh, I think it'd be weird to ask Tim to play second over DeYoung. I know that DeYoung grades as a better fielder, but I mean, when we talk about a better, faster more aggressive style, you'd think Tim Anderson would kind of play into that. I understand the the fundamental part, and maybe that's what they're more focused on. Maybe it is more of a defensive focus. But Paul DeYoung has stolen 23 bases in his career, uh, and Tim Anderson has stolen 127, uh, had a season in 2018 where he stole 26, has had over 10 in every season uh, outside of the COVID year. It it seems just a little odd. It, it seems more budget-related. Oh, sure. I mean, we talked all about how much money they saved by declining that option. And if they want to bring him back on a far more budget-friendly contract, which is what he's going to get, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to go get, what, $13, 14000000 million to, uh, to play next season, right? So, I mean, it, 
it would be more budget friendly, but you do have to remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about guys who play a very specific way and Pedro Grafold just watched a year of Tim Anderson playing, and I'm not saying he wasn't pleased. Obviously, health was the biggest thing that impacted Tim Anderson's ability to be Tim Anderson last season, but he's a guy that swings at everything famously, right? And he's had success doing that in the past, but the last year or, or so, not so much. And so if they want to change up the style, change up the identity, if they want to just kind of move on from things altogether... You could see why they would be moving in a, in a different direction, and they already have moved in a different direction at shortstop. Um, I do think it would be weird to have him come back and play second base, just because isn't that a defensive downgrade? As a, you know, when all we've heard is defense, 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 and then look at the guys they've brought in. The amount of money they're paying them is just it's just not it's just not big bucks. And and we were talking even earlier about, and we're probably going to get to some of the moves that the Royals yeah. have made recently. I mean, even dwarfing that contract for Eric Fetty, mm -hmm. who who I think a lot of people thought was was an interesting name at the very least coming into this offseason just because of what he was able to do in Korea and not and and the White Sox are paying him seven and a half million dollars a year for the next two years. Uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if that trend continues because Paul DeYoung so inexpensive, Max Stassi so inexpensive. Uh, obviously, Nicky Lopez was a trade acquisition and is still on that rookie contract, I believe. But um, are they going to go the same route in right field? Are they going to go the same route with another infielder? Are they going to go the same route to keep filling out the rotation? They haven't shown that they want to, uh, you know, shell out big bucks, obviously, and there's still a lot of offseason left and a lot of uh, players still left on the market. But so far, it has been a very, let's call it a cost-effective offseason for the White Sox. Yes, and yeah. uh, let's, and then that's why I just thought that was such an important question this offseason when you guys had the chance to talk to uh, to Chris Getz, even though if he wasn't going to give you an answer, which he really never did. Um, I think it's just interesting uh, to to to. To, to see what they're they would actually say on the record because it does seem uh, I mean the twins said that hey we're cutting back payroll um, it seems like that is the White Sox direction um, you bring up the Royals though uh, and I do want to talk about starting pitcher salaries so Waka two-year 32 million dollar contract signed today they also signed Hunter Renfro it's uh, possible that Michael Waka this is a joke, by the way. It's possible that Michael Michael Waka had an offer from the White Sox, but he was under the impression that I would be making Fozzie Bear jokes literally every time he pitched, <laughs> and he just wanted to avoid that altogether, so he went to Kansas City instead. You paid the uh, sound effect guy to uh, whenever Waka stepped on the mound exactly. to go Waka Waka. I think I would just shout it from the press box. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have to listen to that. He was not in. He was not into that at all. I have a megaphone if you need it. He needs. He needs a press corps with fewer fewer Muppet fans. <laughs> so Waka Waka uh, signed for sixteen million per year. Jack Flaherty signed with the Tigers for fourteen million a year. Luis Severino signed for thirteen million a year. Nick Martinez signed for thirteen million a year. Kyle Gibson signed for thirteen million a year. Kenta Maeda signed for twelve million per year. Tyler Malley signed for eleven million per year. And Lance Lynn signed for eleven million point year uh, 11 million per year right Eric you didn't Fetty. even mention the top the top of right. that which is guys like Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola um and and now Tyler Glass now uh obviously those numbers are much bigger uh Yamamoto soon uh but Eric Fetty seven and a half million um I, I think you look at that contract and we talked about this you know before the the show started uh Miles Michaelis had three years in 
Japan, uh, had a very similar ERA, uh, great record. He got two years, 15 and 2017 from the Cardinals. And then Merrill Kelly, he got two years, five and a half million from the Diamondbacks. Uh, so Fetty kind of ends up being closer, I think, to yeah. that, that, that Kelly one. No, well, no, I, I mean, it's no. almost yeah, the exact okay. same deal that, that Michaelis got. I don't know how to do math. Six years ago, obviously, the numbers, are, the the the, wor- the value is a little different these days. But, I mean, it, it's a great point. It really goes to show you that these teams are maybe not so trusting of, you know, guys who are going to Asia for to be reclamation projects in Asia, right? And, and certainly success for those guys. Merrill Kelly has been fantastic for the Diamondbacks, but... Um, but it really goes to show you that those what they're willing to bet on those types of pitchers. And uh, I, I think Fetty certainly fits in that. I mean, is anybody out there right now thinking that Fetty is going to be worse than Lance Lynn uh, in, in, 2020, in 2024? So. I would take the under of 44 home runs allowed by Eric Fetty. I mean, so... It, it, just, it just kind of goes to show you the hesitancy and really maybe the White Sox did what some other teams weren't going to do in either paying that much money or committing to a second year. Uh, and uh, Alejandro Diaz uh, making a good point. We could have had Waka Flocka and uh, Fetty Wap. Uh, I don't think you understand those jokes, but I do. That's, and that's, rap, that's pretty rap good. Stuff, I was right? just about to say, I understood that right away. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> I Sarah. thought it was funny. Um, but hey, remember, but, like, but remember my Muppet Show reference, guys? Come on. <laughs> out of those... Out of these players, uh, Waka obviously, I think he is even in a different echelon because he gets sixteen million a year. Um, but those that those players from fourteen to eleven, there's no one that you really want to like bet on. I mean, we talk about all the Fetty one being a bet. Lance Lynn obviously had a horrible year. Tyler Malley's coming off shoulder surgery, I think, so he's not even healthy. Eric Fetty just told you guys how healthy he feels he's never felt better in his life and now he's got a different uh pitch change uh jack flaherty uh, wasn't even trusted by the orioles to be a starter uh by the end of their playoff run uh luis severino let go by the the yankees and he's had uh, injury issues um kenta maeda has been you know it's been a struggle for him to throw 120 innings uh per year nick martinez also came uh did the overseas and came back and he's mostly like a, a starter slash reliever like for pure starter contracts, I think this Chris Getz signing was fantastic for Eric Fetty. I know that uh, you, you you mentioned that it, it could still possibly flop. Maybe I'm too uh, enamored with Eric Fetty. I shouldn't probably bring up that his uh, pitch, uh, what's it called, delivery reminds me of Max Scherzer or even Kevin Gausman. So, you know, watch out, folks. I mean, I think this might be a, a guy that receives Cy Young votes. Well, <laughs> We'll see, um, <laughs> but I think I think it's important. I think it's important to realize that while the White Sox are very excited about all the changes that he made and the results that it was able to deliver in the KBO, you're able to point to Merrill Kelly and say, "Hey, look, here's a guy who's done it and has had great success." Nobody should discount that stuff, but remember that the people whose job it is to sign Major League Baseball players to Major League Baseball teams. They're experts in the field. Their their levels of success might vary, but they're experts in the field. And you've got basically an entire market, right, dictating that that's what Eric Fetty was worth or that he was worth less than that. And mm-hmm. the White Sox get, were able to, to sign him because they offered perhaps above what t- other teams were, were, were thinking. That's just a guess based on how markets and signings sometimes right. work. But um, And so it is worth continuing to think – that was in the that was in the KBO, the two ERA, the twenty wins. Uh, it went very very well, but it went against a league that we've heard described as being like double A. 
And, and so I'm, and so I, I'm not saying that anything that you're saying is going to be wrong. I'd, I'd probably wouldn't bet on the Cy Young vote, but I was, I, yeah, facetious. Uh, I'm not saying that anything that you're saying is going to be wrong. He could come in and be fantastic and pull the Merrill Kelly and and be great, but it's very much worth holding on to that question until you got an answer. Is that going to translate to Major League Baseball? I I, th- I think it can just because he's been in Major League Baseball before, and and, and really it's not even about the twenty and six record or the th- you know the two ERA because um, like we said yesterday, I mean he's not going to have a K, a K per nine of ten, uh, but it's just the fact that he has confidence in all four of those pitches. Uh, now all four of those pitches are being thrown at least ten percent or more. He's not. Uh, solely relying on a pitch like he was in his last year in Major League Baseball, throwing a sinker over 40% of the time. He has a true mix to throw off Major League hitters. Um, and that's the thing. I, I think, you know, even though it is at double A, if Michael Kopech went down f- to double A for a season and had a two ERA, I'd be, you know, over the moon. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's more about the confidence that Eric Fetty gained, the former, uh, pedigree that he does have I mean, he's a former first rounder like it's not like he is a guy that is, is kind of an unknown and then you know just went over and randomly had success like there is like oh we changed my pitches I felt healthier I started coming down the uh, mound more efficiently and this all led to the two ERA um, I mean even if it was like a, a 2.5 ERA or whatever like I, I think just the the pitches are, are, are what's mostly exciting uh, Kelly came over had a 4.42 ERA an ERA plus of 101 I know that's not crazy but if you know in, in a win ro- loss record of 13 and 14 uh, if Eric Fetty is 13 and 14 that's pretty good for the 2024 White Sox uh, he could be average like 101 plus uh, ERA plus uh, I, I'd, I'd be totally fine with that uh, I think th- I think that's doable for for Fettuccini um, all right let's take a break uh, let people know about our friends over at Empire and Ray CDJR uh, Vinny are you ready to sing you know what you need you need to start uh, you need to come out with the baton I need to go, you know, like a conductor in an Ooh. orchestra to tap it on the tap it on the thing. Do we have a pen or anything? Eh, whatever, it's fine. I, don't, I didn't have. I'm not bit ready. No, um, no. Yeah. If that, if you hadn't yeah. had your mouth on that straw, I would say no, that's true. Here's a book. Oh, the Tusk book. That's perfect. Uh, a, a, a movie. Uh, a, a movie. Uh, a movie. Uh, uh, a musical masterpiece. All right. <clears throat> Is that, did that, did that sound right? Yeah, cool. Five, eight, eight, two, three hundred, Empire Today. Uh, with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. I was going to flip through that while you were doing oh, the read. my bad. Uh, it's, it's a really good, important book. Uh, Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality service speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because any Anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. They're not going to overwhelm you with thousands of thousands of choices. They work in flooring. They've been in flooring for over 40 years. They know what's going to look right in your home. And you could see that with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. Just snap a picture of your room and instantly see how new floors will transform it. Uh, so schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 
$10 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. But again, use promo code CHGO for $350 off uh, over at empiretoday.com slash CHGO. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Ray CDJR. Do you remember uh, Tezande? Hmm? Uh, Chocolate Rain? The YouTube Chocolate video. Rain? Yeah, he moves his mouth away. Uh, it's one of the, the most... Mic, um, to not breathe in the mic. Oh, yeah. That's what I was doing. I was trying not to just completely Chocolate breathe. Rain. Uh, this was like a like a meme, like a viral thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, early, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, early YouTube. Ah. Uh, yeah. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is making room for their lot of incoming 2024 vehicles. And you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap up the year sales event. For a limited time, get up to 15% off new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees with dealer discounts. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you expected. Thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals on month long and save big because of Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. And that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR slash service. Hurry in. You must book before December 31st, 2023 for that free oil change. So if you are in the new market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit RayCDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com. Serving the community since 1963. I guess they're not the only team that we trust because we also trust Ray Chevy. But they're all part of the Ray team. That's true. I mean, yeah. Ray is the only right. He, he the, the price promise is the only thing that we. It's, it's a, the only promise you're going to get. A guy Ray. Uh, <laughs> our guy Ray. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go into a little bit about the Royals. Are you are you surprised that they are this active? Over a hundred million dollars spent already this off season. Michael Waka, Hunter Renfro, Seth Lugo. Um, uh, some of the additions, even Garrett Hampson, as I brought up, Chris Stratton, Will Smith, to fill out their bullpen. Uh, over $100 million spent so far by the Royals. Let's put it this way. I am, I guess I would say that I am surprised, but like I'm, gl- I guess I'm glad to be surprised. Like this is the way teams used to act, you know, like the whole like, we're going to just try to get better for next year, right? Give and so maybe that's not the way that they should be doing things because like, the idea is, oh, if you think that you're not going to have much of a chance this year, you could throttle back and, and maybe not go so go into it so deeply. That might be what you're seeing with the White Sox, depending on what the rest of their offseason looks like. But now you're seeing the Royals make a lot of moves that work for them, I guess you can say, and it is making them better. Um, I have seen a discussion, I believe it was on that uh, AJ podcast where, where Ken Rosenthal was being asked and, and said that it made sense that this is a team that is angling for a new stadium deal. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the idea is they're trying to prove to folks that, hey, yeah, we're going to pump money into the into the payroll and make it worth, make it, worth it and try to be better. Um, they are better than they were before the offseason started. Um but that list of guys you read, is that a team that is going to be winning a lot of games? Like, I guess it's better than 
losing, what did they lose, 104, 103 games last year? I guess it's better than that, but... 106. 100, that's a lot of losses. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's only five more than the White Sox. But, um, I mean, like, is that is that a team that anybody in Kansas City is like, yes, all right, give me a Michael Waka jersey because this team's <laughs> going places. Like, I don't know. I mean... If they signed Bobby Witt Jr. to an extension, which I'm sure they want to do because he's awesome and they would like to have a star around for a long time, then yeah, maybe they mean business and maybe you can start to see how the, the puzzle pieces come together in the long term. Right now, I'm not necessarily wowed by any of those moves. Uh, I don't think that it necessarily even gets the Royals out of the basement of the AL Central. But You don't think they're better than the White Sox? I don't, I don't know that they're better than the White Sox. We'll put it that way. I think if you put those two teams on paper right now, I don't think you can tell me one is significantly better than the other, even after the Royals spend all that money on all these guys. Like, they're making signings that make them better, but I don't know if they're making signings that make them good enough to be something. I got you. You know, I, I significantly yeah. is, is the right word there. I think, I think I'd probably take them in a three-game series, but, you know, anything can happen in a seven-game series. Um, it's what they say. It's what they say. I think it, it it's... I guess partly because of the stadium. Uh, I just read on front office sports because I didn't know about their stadium. The lease is up in 2031, but the Royals sooner than the White Sox uh, stadium lease, but the Royals are opening or targeting a 2028 opening for their ballpark. So be paying two so, leases at once or just maybe getting out of the previous one. Yeah, I guess getting out of the previous one. Um, I mean, Coffin Stadium doesn't seem that beat up. It's it was, actually really nice. I've been there a yeah. couple times. It was renovated yeah. when I was in college. My freshman year of college down in Missouri, we went to a game, I believe it was against the White Sox, that, that September, so right after school had started, and it was all, like, under construction. Like, I think, like, much of the upper deck was, like, closed because mm -hmm. it was, like, in under construction. That ballpark was renovated, I think, opened brand new, renovated for 2009. Like, that's not that long They had long a drone ago. show when I was there. Well, they had, like, a whole, like, drone, drone show. Yeah, if like, they can afford a drone show, That's then. what I'm saying. I was like, it was a really nice stadium. No one, I mean, they're packing them in for the drone show, probably. No wonder they can afford Seth Lugo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, renovated 2007-2009, cost him $250 million. I mean, is is this the angle, though, and not to get political, because I know we brought up Kid Rock and that, that upset the folk. Um, is it more, though, another way for teams to just try to find money? Because we brought up the uh, broadcasting rights and kind of the you know, the up in the air nature of how baseball and most sports uh, will be getting money because a lot of the media deals are expiring and a lot of that money is drying up. Is this just a way for the Royals to get money from the city? I mean, it seems like I mean, the I Brewers are, in, are think, angling for something similar. Yeah, to I think it's independent of that, though. I think you've seen this happen forever, right? I mean, regardless of what the media rights deal is, you see teams do this all the time. We talk about when the White Sox did it in the late 80s. We talked about when the Cubs tried to do it, when the Ricketts took over, and they were unsuccessful in getting public money to do that. But, boy, they tried. I mean, it, it is just how these operations seem to work. And we've said it before. That's ridiculous. That's silly. You're billion-dollar entities. You shouldn't be relying on, on the taxpayers right. funding your stadium. But... That's what happens, and uh, if if this is, I mean, the Brewers. You just brought up the Brewers. The Brewers were successful in getting in getting public money to help remodel uh, the artist formerly known as Miller Park. So, I mean, the, if it as long as it keeps working, I mean, heck, 
Nevada just built the A's a brand new stadium. That's mm-hmm. why they're going there. Um, it, as long as this keeps working, they're going to keep trying the same thing. And so I think it's independent. I think those two things are independent of each other. And if it costs the Royals a hundred million dollars in free agent contracts that they were probably going to spend a significant amount of that same money anyway to then get a baseball stadium that would have cost them vastly more, they'll probably consider it an investment well-made. The Brewers, too. I mean, I I, I, I know some people uh, have brought up the idea that if the White Sox were to move, uh, that the Brewers could possibly come to the south side. Um, the Brewers In have... Some sort of bizarre Baltimore Colts, Cleveland Browns type situation? Um, okay. <laughs> the Brewers have better tenants than the White Sox. Like, I don't... I think it's I think it's nice to have their own market. Like I, I think that's the the one big thing. I I think that you know I guess that's the only um, way I see the socks moving. This is completely changing, but uh, socks moving is that if a team or an owner wanted that whole market to themselves, because it does seem I think that I think tough just because yeah, it's so mean, local, like the, specific, the sport. Yeah, but I don't know. It's not like anybody ever claimed that it didn't work. That it hasn't worked. You know what I mean? Like. Is anybody out there being like, oh, this town is too small for two ba- two baseball teams? Like, I don't think people are making that argument. The, the White Sox, um, when it comes to their issues with attendance, I mean, it's it's shown in the past what, you know, they win, they won the World Series, the attendance was fine mm-hmm. in 2006. Like, you people live in Chicago in the suburbs. There's no shortage of White Sox fans. You know, it's like, it's not like every, it's not like they're trying to like uh, convert a bunch of Cubs fans to try to, to try to fill up the stadium every night. They just need... To, White Sox fans to go watch the White Sox. Yes. There's plenty of them. <laughs> well, and and we know that in 2024 they're going to come out in droves for Paul DeYoung uh, and and Eric Fetty's first start at home. I, w- I wouldn't expect that, but hey, the home opener. If Eric Fetty is the home opener, the home opener always sells well. <laughs> Get people out there in the snow. If it, yeah, right. <laughs> if it, if it's 32 degrees out, I don't know if uh, the folks that went last year are going to want to come back after Michael Kopech giving up six home runs. That was uh, not so good. Um, where did the Sox finish in attendance? Oh, not too bad. I went to quite a few Sox games last season. There you go. But <laughs> it was keep, they got Sarah keeping up. The, yeah, uh, but it the truly attendance. was. It was like five dollar tickets on game time. Mm-hmm. It was promo code CHGO. Look at Sarah's dropping ads in I here. I don't know if they're a sponsor anymore. <laughs> yeah, we. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, game I time is the Bears just did a game See, time there yesterday. Go. All right, cool. I didn't. I, I, we haven't done it. We haven't. We got to. I guess you were off better. for two weeks too. Uh, I mean, you, you. You know, that's true. Um, yeah, Sox were twenty third in attendance last year. Uh, basically, in the same bulk as the Tigers and Pirates. See the Tigers getting a new scoreboard. <laughs> no, weird looking. Uh, they took all the ad space that was under it and made it like a bigger screen. So it's just low, lower. Yeah, it's like mm. it. It doesn't look good. Um, but anyways, uh, final thing before we wrap up for the weekend. I don't think the White Sox are going to make any moves. I, I think it's probably going to be fairly quiet unless the Yamamoto deal is announced. Just you just baseball, mean in the next two days? Wise. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. hot stove wise. Um, but if the White Sox are looking to get better, faster, stronger, more aggressive, uh, I know it is. There, there are two Royals, and I've brought up Whit Merrif- Merrifield before, but uh, he is a positive base runner uh, with a decent sprint speed. But uh, Michael A. Taylor, good defender, good base Great runner. defender. Got, got an a arm value of uh, 80, 87th percentile, so and, possibly could play right field. And that would put him on, what, his fourth AL Central team? Ooh. Did he play for Cleveland? Well, Royals, Tigers, Twins for sure. Or no, he hasn't. maybe hasn't played for the Tigers. Royals and Twins, definitely. No, I kind of no. like the the tigers that are actually on the scoreboard. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that's not new. That's been there. Has that been oh, there? Oh, yeah. See, that ballpark wa- is crawling with tiger statues. Oh, yeah. I don't watch Detroit Tigers. So I just you? never knew. Yeah. But it, it's a weird shape. It's like a Tetris shape. You can put that up there, uh, Sarah. Is it, yeah. is it T for tiger? I mean, it is weird. You're right. But it also, like, I don't think it's as bizarre as you might think. I think, like, there are, uh, I think once you see it, like, it's, because they're going to divide it up into boxes and put stats and lineups and stuff yeah. all over it, and it will look, it will look fine. I mean, it's I'm, just when it's one big picture where it looks kind of weird. I have no plans to go to Comerica, so I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I, I mean, you've got the it. Royals scoreboard is in the shape of the Royals logo. I don't think the Sox scoreboard is a, just a perfect rectangle, right? Isn't it got a diamondy top kind the, of the main one? A guaranteed yeah. grade? Uh, I, I couldn't. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, anyways, uh, I, you're I, looking up Michael A. Taylor's teams. I, oh, he, he's yeah. only played for three. Um, it was. Uh, Nationals, Royals, Twins. Okay, so it'd be three. He's there not. He hasn't pulled a Kelly Johnson just yet. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's a weird shape ish. Yeah, I was right. It's kind of like they've a, got a diamondy top. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know if that top part is screen. I think it is. It is. I think so. That looks like just the logo for Gary. Because Field. because it, what it you guys don't boxy. see, what you guys don't see. So we're in there obviously before they open the gates. Yeah. So they do a lot of testing up there. See, look, look. Click it. Yeah, click any other picture. See, look, that, that one oh, right yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. That, that takes up the full yeah. screen. But usually, what I was going to say is, like, they'll have, like, a solid color up there because they're just doing tests and stuff, mm. and I always remember that. See, there's Adam Angle. His hat is going up into that top. So, That's true. Yeah. You know, he's a free agent. He is. And a great defender. <sighs> he is. I, I was going to bring up Ricky Venturia. I don't need to. Let's go have a weekend. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Read his latest piece about Eric Fetty. He's also got one from Sunday about Max Stassi. And we brought up the uh, the 10 things that we learned from the winter meetings that is still relevant as a uh, Vinny part of Nine of them are. Uh, nine of them are. Uh, I mean, they did go get a veteran catcher. That one, yeah. it ended up coming true. Just wasn't a free agent. Um, right. Sarah produces. Thank you, Sarah. I did. Good job. Uh, and I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Hit that thumbs up button uh, on your way out. Uh, goodbye. Y'all silly like the mayor.